You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Norcom, your audiovisual information technology solutions provider, nor-com.com, JTM Food Group, let's create great dishes together, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, and by MSA Design, design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. We are just over a week away from opening day, and uh, this will be our last Reds Hot Stove of the uh, of the year. Uh, next week, we will be on carrying a Reds exhibition game against the Detroit Tigers. So that'll be a lot of fun. We look forward to that. Look forward to seeing some uh, competitive baseball between two major league teams, and that'll get going next week. A lot to talk about today. We've got some news of the day. We're going to be joined by Sonny Gray a little bit later on in the show, and uh, we'll just be generally talking Reds baseball. Also take your phone calls, 513-749-1360. Again, 513-749-1360 if you want to give us a jingle. With Jim Day, I am Tommy Thraw, and Jim, Boy, is it great to be at the ballpark and see some live baseball. I mean, it's an inter-squad scrimmage. They've been doing this a little over a week now, but uh, just kind of good to see the the ball in play and action on the field again. It's great to see, actually. It's very therapeutic to be uh, (laughs) sitting here watching baseball, albeit with no fans in the stands. And it's very quiet. It's much like a spring training workout, however, in a large stadium. But they are – these inter-squad scrimmages have been very, very interesting, kind of going back and forth between uh, pitchers and hitters having the advantage. Scoreless tie yesterday. Already got some offense here today, but it's, it's great to sit here, and the field looks great. Team looks great. Let's, let's play some ball. Yeah, field sparkling. Uh, yeah, it's it just it's tremendous. Luis Castillo's on the mound in this one. Jose De Leon pitching for the, uh, the White Pants. Castillo for the gray pants. That's pretty much how they have them divided up. And uh, but yeah, it, 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 Luis Castillo has looked pretty good. Some of the starters have looked really good at times. Uh, the hitters, it seems like, are starting to catch up. Obviously, some concern earlier in the week with Nick Senzel bothered by a sore elbow, but he was in the lineup again yesterday. Back in there again today. Uh, a lot of talk about Senzel being in camp and being in just tremendous shape. Yeah, everyone that has seen Nick Senzel. By just first seeing him, you're like, wow, okay, he, he's in really good shape. Um, and the the downtime couldn't have – I mean, if, if there's any positive that can come out of this at all as far as on field, that would be it gave Sinzel to get a, a chance to be near 100% healthy. They have deemed Suarez 100% healthy. We'd already seen him hit a 
tremendous amount of bombs in these inner squad scrimmages. Um, so as far as that goes, that's been a positive. The downtime gave those guys a chance to get back because Sinzel admitted that he, you know, he would have never made opening day. In fact, he probably would have missed a month or two of the season, I, I would guess. Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. And the other thing, too, to, to keep in mind through all this, especially the way this schedule is going to be set up, we've talked about it before, the fast start is going to be imperative. I mean, you really got to get off to a quick start. Uh, if you dig yourself an early hole, it's going to be virtually impossible to dig your way out. So the fact that this team's going to be at full strength, uh, knock on wood, if everybody stays healthy from first pitch on, that's a good sign. And speaking of health, uh, some encouraging news today. We, we thought it was a little puzzling when one name was omitted from the Reds' 60-man roster. That name was Derek Dietrich, and we hadn't seen him, and it was announced today that he has been added to the 60-man roster. Uh, he will be on the Prasco squad, so he'll be practicing at Prasco. Uh, felt like he was able to keep himself in great shape. Admitted today uh, on a Zoom press conference that he did, in fact, have COVID-19, so he's been recovering from that. Uh, really never had any serious symptoms, so he, he was he was grateful for that, but feels good, and uh, he's got a chance, especially with the 30-man roster right out of the gate. I, I don't know what his odds of making this team originally were, but when you look at a 30-man roster to start and, and having another impact and, and power bat from the left side available on your bench, there's a good chance he could be a, a, a big piece. Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure he'll be on the roster initially because of his late start. Uh, some other guys have played well. I don't know how that's going to fare. I mean, obviously he has a track record, a veteran track record. But I wouldn't bet that he would be on it right away. Um, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I mean, it, we all kind of scratched our heads like, okay, why, why wouldn't he be included on a 60-man roster? Uh, and you, you can't speculate about the COVID stuff. We knew that two players had tested positive before they, you know, the camp even began, and he was one of them. He was tested prior to coming to Cincinnati. But he has been, uh, man, the process to get back, he said, was very, very tough, even though he, he had very mild symptoms, if, uh, if any symptoms at all. To get clearance by the doctors to come back, not only did he have to pass a couple of COVID tests and he did the antibody testing, um, it, it's been a long road. It, it just gives you a glimpse that they are very, very serious. And once the player does test positive, he's just not going to get right back into the fold. Uh, it took him a while no, to be cleared by doctors. I think that's worth noting because this is going to be something that I think Major League Baseball will face at some point during the regular season. I, I, I feel like you certainly hope that nobody will test positive once this thing gets going, but you also feel like that might be a little bit naive to think that. But you kind of hear that process and you think, well, if somebody does test positive during the regular season, that will be kind of a long road back even if they're symptom-free just because of the – steps that need to be taken like you said you have to have the two negative tests then you the the antibody test and it's all spaced out over a period of time and uh there's some quarantine that goes on with that so that is going to be something that could be a factor for teams of course i think we already thought that coming into this whole thing but but i feel like it, it makes it a little more real uh when you hear the process through his word from his you know from from his perspective so that that will certainly be something to keep an eye on.
Well, there's no doubt, I and mean, it's going to happen. Um, just the, the numbers would suggest that it is going to happen. They're not going to be in a complete bubble. I mean, when they leave this stadium, they're like anyone else that needs groceries or will have interaction in the public. Um, so it, you can book it that it's going to happen. And just look at Dietrich. He, he was tested before yep. camp resumed, the summer camp resumed, and he's just now getting cleared to do the math. Right. Uh, it's, if someone tests 30 games in, that player is probably gone for almost the rest of the regular season, or close yeah. to it, uh, depending on what that player's symptoms are. So, yeah, this is very real. This is going to be an ongoing thing. And they're, you know, you hate to say it, but some of the teams that are going to be effective are the ones that win the COVID battle. Right. So, well, and that's something that's I hope been kind of a reoccurring thing. Yeah, it's it it is real and it, it's going to happen. So, um, it, it, man, it's it is it's just 2020, man. It's just 2020. Hello, 2020. <laughs> what a what a year! Can we turn the calendar already? Of course, yeah. we. I think we want to see how this season is going to play out too. So, it uh, there could be there could be still some. The, some positives that come out of this calendar year, but we'll wait and see. Certainly excited to get the baseball season started. Reds will lace them up and get it started next Friday. And then, uh, of course, a couple of exhibition games. Those will be carried across the Reds radio network. Uh, I don't – if the times have been announced for those, I don't know that I've seen them. I think they may still be working to iron out the times for those exhibition games. They will be Tuesday and Wednesday um, and then uh, get things going on Friday, so uh, those games will be carried as of right now on the network. Of course, everything's subject to change, but uh, that's the plan right now, and uh, as a result, no hot stove next week. If you'd like to be a part of the show, give us a call, phone us up. You can uh, get us at 513-749-1360. We'll have Sonny Gray coming up at the bottom of the hour, and we will continue to talk some Reds baseball here on the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Fans can receive a free Glenn Braggs bobblehead with regular price admission to the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, presented by Dinsmore, on Saturdays and Sundays here in the month of July, while supplies last. Plan your visit at redsmuseum.org. And uh, as we come back here, we are coming to you, the Reds Hot Stove League, live from Great American Ballpark, where Mark has just gone deep. I love hearing that crack of the bat. That's the one thing that you'll That's hear very clear in the <laughs> stadium that's empty. That sounded that good. Will, uh, yeah, that will come through real nice right now. So, um, yeah, it is. It's good to hear that, the pop, the mitt. Uh, it, it's all of it. It's all, it's all the sounds. Great to hear. They will be pumping in the uh, crowd music. I think they're doing it right now, very faintly. Uh, they were playing with it a little bit yesterday. It, it feels to me that it sounds a little better. It feels a little better when it is a little louder. And it's got it's a David little more volume. Yeah, David Bell. Yeah, it just Zoom. Should we call them Zoom conferences now? Zoom conferences. There you go. I yeah. just made that up. Yeah. Zoom conference today. He said he preferred it a little louder. It was a little. It was better more tolerable when it was louder, which you would think would be the opposite. But, um, yeah, there was uh, – sirens I, were going off there. They were pumping in the sirens when Peyton hit oh, yeah. out. They've been playing the walk music when guys get walks. Um, yeah. So they're, they're going to try to do a lot of things. Uh, I know over the weekend – 
Josiah Hughes, the, the Reds' uh, public address announcer, will be hard at work here this weekend, so they'll they'll have him. Um, so it's going to feel, from an audio standpoint, as close to a normal game as possible. Visually in the ballpark as well. They've got the ribbon boards going. They've got the scoreboard up. Player information on the boards as well. So uh, from a game presentation, they're trying to make it as much like a normal game as humanly possible uh, but the, the crowd music uh, the crowd noise I just felt felt a little more organic when it was up louder uh, when it's down it almost feels like a golf match so um, but we'll see how that that plays out I, uh, we're talking about this year and the, the summer camp and how things have gone to this point uh, one of the things that has stood out to me uh, first of all let's start with a positive I, I feel like the starters have all come into camp ready to go I mean they're almost all throwing a hundred percent they almost all feel like they are ready to go deep into games uh, and to me that is very encouraging especially since you don't really have you don't want to have to worry about the luxury of maybe getting guys out early in the season like you normally would uh, in April so so it seems like these guys the starters are going to be ready to pitch just as they would at, at this point in the season as as far as if they were to be pitching in late July? I think it's the most encouraging thing that I, I've seen so far is the starting rotation and how dedicated they were to keeping their arms in shape. And the Reds, as Akiyama, he's been wearing that uh, right field corner out in these scrimmages. I was just going to say that's another bright spot that we haven't yeah. got into yet, but that's worth noting. All right, I still let you do the play-by-play -play there, Tommy. No, no, that's all right. We'll we'll be getting we'll be getting tuned up next week for yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get tuned up. But uh, the, the starting rotation, the Reds did a tremendous job of staying in touch with individual players and collectively with the group of creative ways to stay at you know separated from everyone to stay in shape. And I think this these five or six starters, if you want to group them in six have done a tremendous job. In fact, David Bell kind of talked about it today, and uh, you know, he'll talk quietly about it away from the stadium as well, that he's very, very encouraged that he thinks the starters are ahead of where he thought they would be right now. And that's everything, man. If you can get starters right out of the gates going five and six innings, that's huge on a 60-game sprint because – bullpen is going to be very very key so i think that has been the most encouraging thing how the starters have showed up well the, the thing that i'm hearing a lot uh when, when there's a lot of talk about how is the strategy going to be different with a 60 game season sure every game's more magnified uh and carries more weight i don't fully grasp i guess and understand the logic that well, maybe you can't stick with a starter as long. Well, I guess I, I get that you don't want to see a starter get just pounded out there, but at the same time, I, I, I still feel like you, you kind of have to manage the games like you would a regular game. Anyway, I don't necessarily understand, I guess, the full benefit of, of an early exit from a starting pitcher this year as opposed to normal years. Oh, well, if, he's, if he's effective in that game there's no reason to take him out um right it's unless there's no reason to take him especially with this group that the reds have right now uh like i said i think they're very competent they're they're being effective but they can go five or six innings right now 
Uh, I mean, Bauer would go 15 innings if you ask him if he's being effective. Um, the Reds have a serious advantage in starting pitching. And why would you want to take that away by taking guys out earlier than normal? So I, I don't know what other teams are going to do. It does not make sense for the Cincinnati Reds to just purposely take starters out early. I, I, I tend to agree, and it, it'll be that'll be something to keep an eye on how the starting pitching is handled. And, and I know it was something that David Bell was criticized a little bit about last year, uh, and I, it probably at times maybe unfairly so. But you know. Uh, at the end of the day, I think he's learned a lot as a manager, so we'll see how he's grown as a manager this year, and that'll be something to, that we'll be keeping an eye on. You talk about the rotation, and, and MLB.com just came out with the 10 best rotations in baseball. The Reds were listed at number three. Uh, looking at the, the, the other rotations, I just I look at the Reds, and maybe I, maybe I see this. Uh, the glass a little too full perhaps when I look at the Reds rotation because okay there there, there could be some question marks if you want to get a little more pessimistic but I, I I have a lot of confidence and certainly the top three with Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer. I think Bauer's poised to have a big bounce back here. Uh, I really like Wade Miley especially in a shortened season and Anthony DeSclafani really looked like he turned a corner last year and coming into spring training and now we'll see uh, how summer camp fares for him. But I don't see a, a, a rotation top to bottom as good as the Reds. There's some other rotations out there that are that are very top-heavy and have a couple of guys. Like uh, you look at the Nationals, uh, the Cardinals have a couple of guys there at the top. But, boy, when I look at it, I, I just really like this rotation, and, and I will put it up against anybody's in baseball right now. Well, that's why this team is so confident right now that they're when you ask them they're like heck yeah we can we can win it all uh, and the first thing they say is listen we got starting pitching man we have some studs that we're going to run out there and if you want to talk about depth uh they've got two guys outside of the starting five in tyler malley and lucas sims with a tremendous amount of experience and also guys that can long relieve if you need so that depth is going to come into play as well. I think they're, it is the strength of the team. They are very well set. 60 games, 120, 180 games, 162, whatever you want to lay out. They are they have an advantage of it because of their starting pitch. Well, and, and, and don't sleep on the bullpen either. That's a pretty good group, especially when you look at the back end. Uh, Amir Garrett, would like to see a little more out of him than what we've seen so far in summer camp. But, again, hard to make too much out of that. Sonny Gray will join us. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF, our final Hot Stove League before the season gets started next Friday. Boy. Fired up for that and uh, can't wait to get things going here. The Reds Community Fund is running the first of two split the pot jackpots to benefit the Urban League of Greater Southwestern Ohio. One lucky fan will win 50% of the next proceeds from each, uh, the net proceeds from each jackpot. Tickets are available at Reds5050.com. Must be 18 years or older and the state of Ohio to purchase. With Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks so much for joining us. And we are pleased to be joined by this year's opening day starter, Sonny Gray. Sonny, what's going on, man? How are things? 
What's up, Tommy? What's up, Jim Day? Man, I'm actually sitting here watching the game right now in the stands, and it's uh, I can barely hear you guys from this from this crowd noise they got playing. <laughs> What's that like? How how is that? I mean, have you pitched with that yet? Yeah, I think we did it yesterday for the first time, and uh, it was it was. It was different. You you really don't notice it much, I, I guess. But uh, it's definitely a different game that that we got going right now. Uh, it's 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 a, it's a lot of fun to, to to play in in this environment. I mean, clearly, I mean, we wish fans were going to be allowed. Um, but we you know we got to try and figure out a way with without the fans and and still figure out a way to go out and and compete and, and play for something. So it's it's been a it's been a fun little spring training 2.0, getting these games going. Sonny, with all the protocols that are in place for you guys, and um, it's not much different on the field other than a few things and no fans in the stands, but certainly way different for you off the field and in the clubhouse. How has it been? Are you guys now used to it, and is it something you can sustain? I think so, man. We um, we had a lot of conversations early in camp and when we came in. And one of the biggest things was like, let's take it serious now. Let's 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 go ahead and, and and take it very serious and just commit to commit to these things on and off the field. Um, that way, throughout the course of this spring, we'll be able to. It'll be normal. You know, it'll be just it'll be just what we do. It'll become. I mean, like you say players are routine oriented. It'll just become part of your routine. Let's let's just commit to it early and and stay with it. And uh, that's kind of like how we've approached it. I mean, we we've done a good job um, on and off the field, kind of wearing our masks. I mean, we 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 have to wear them inside at all times. Um, so I mean, we we kind of tried to hold each other accountable and do those things. So it was a different little like thing we had to get used to and adjusted to. But I mean, we've tried. I mean, we've 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 done a really good job around here, and it's just something that's just kind of it's almost built into your routine now, you know. Uh, you talk about uh, you, you guys got together as a group early on and, and kind of discussed how seriously you're going to take this. And, and, you know, being out here watching a lot of the scrimmages, it seems like as a group you've been extremely vigilant on wearing the mask. You guys have, on days when you're not in games, you've been sitting in the stands and, and watching from the stands, and everybody that's been in the stands has had their mask on. So it certainly seems like that's the case. Now, I... I I know some teams got together and talked about additional protocols that they may implement uh, internally. Are there other things that you guys are doing as a group uh, that maybe goes above and beyond what MLB has mandated? Um, I mean, we, I mean, there's a few, if you look around, there's a lot more like hand washing stations and, hand, and just flat out sinks around um, that they had just added into the clubhouse in different areas. So that's one thing that we've done, the, the mask thing. We're try, it's, a, it's a working progress, right? So every, this, this whole thing that we're, we're doing every day, it's fluid. It's, 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 it's a fluid movement. And that's the, that's the thing that we try to do is, like, everyone has to be open for, for everything. We've got to try and hold each other accountable, be open, and, and just, and just be, be willing to adapt on the fly. And that's something that we – that's something that we that we as an organization and, and definitely as the players and the support staff that we have around us, something that we try to do very well is just being able to adapt on the fly. Um, we've had talks about 
I mean, you, you mean people are grown men and, and, and stuff away from the field, but we've had numerous talks about, like, guys, let's just, you know, the protocols that are here that we have to do in this ballpark at Great American, the, pro- the same protocols, do it away from the field. Treat it, treat it as in, as if, treat it, treat it away from the field as if you're at the field. I mean, just be, re- be respectful for the people that you're next to. I mean, just try to do the right things. Uh, I mean, we haven't strictly said like, hey, this. We we never said like, this is what you can do and this is what you can't do. But we just had open dialogue as a unit and as a group and as as the players that truly care about each other. We just kind of said like, let's let's just hold ourselves accountable and let's hold other people accountable and let's let's just take this thing serious. Not only at the field, but when we're when we're away from the field as well. Like, it's, it's important that they know that we're that we're good models in the. You know, in the city and in the community, and and, and and then we bring that to the field as well. So we've done a really good job here, and, and all the guys have done incredible of, of buying in and, and, and kind of, you know, taking ownership of themselves and of everyone else. We were talking earlier in the show about the rotation and how highly regarded you guys are, are throughout baseball and how we have been – um, pleased, or the organization has been pleased with the, the starters being on track right now, coming back from the shutdown. Do you feel like you're ahead of schedule? And when you look around at the other guys in the rotation, do you feel like they are as well? And you guys are loaded for bear. Uh, man, that's crazy. I mean, we've got a lot of guys who like to hold themselves accountable. I think, and uh, and take pride within themselves to like. We we were having some communication when we were still like. Um, going through this, not knowing if we were going to play or whatever. I mean, we we came around and we, when we got together and we were in con- we were in communication then, and you could see. I mean, we we knew we took it as a, as an organization and as a staff. Really, we were saying, listen, this is where we probably this is where we need to stay. If we're going to have a season, let's be prepared. I'd rather be prepared for the season and not have a season than have a season and not be prepared. That's just kind of like that was kind of like the message within our staff and our, our organization was like, if we're going to have a season, let's be prepared for the season. If we're not going to have a season, let's be prepared for the season as well. So, I mean, we kind of we did that. I mean, I threw five innings and like 80 pitches yesterday. Um, I'm actually watching Luis throw right now, and it's it's so fun to watch. Um, he's probably my favorite pitch, favorite pitcher that I've ever that I've ever watched closely so that's awesome watching watching him he, he seems to be balsam out of his hand trevor disco wave i mean everybody's kind of in here doing their thing our bullpen guys have seen i mean their job's going to be a little bit different than a starter because they're going to have to it's hard to prepare they're going to have to get their reps and be able to throw every day every other day it's a little bit of a different job and our position players i mean they've they've been out there doing their thing now for for a while we kind of integrated four innings five innings six innings and, and whatnot so I and mean, we're in a good spot. We definitely feel good in the rotation for sure. We're visiting with Sonny Gray. Sonny, you got a time to stick around for another quick segment? Yeah, what's up? Come on with it. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll be back with Sonny Gray and continue our conversation of the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. The Red Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrawn. We're joined by Reds opening day starter, Sonny Gray. And what kind of an honor is that, Sonny, to uh, to start opening day, especially in a year like this? Uh, I, I, that's got to be a pretty good feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, 
it's going to be a different feeling for sure. It's going to. I'm glad that we got some games kind of against other teams before before we kind of get the regular season rolling because that's going to be fun to to get some other teams and kind of figure out our flow. But no, it's uh, it's it's extremely exciting uh, to be able to do it. I just wanted to get myself prepared for this season, and if that if that came about, then I was I was. I was going to be excited and more than more than willing to, to go with it. But we've got – I mean, the reality of it is we've got guys – I mean, we've got a, a plethora of options to, to throw that game, which is which is a really, really good problem to have. Um, so, as, I mean, I think I, I think once we get this season rolling, like it'll, it will be the first game of the season for sure. Uh, it'll be an important game. It'll be, it'll be a, a, a game that we want to come out and, and kind of – and, and, and kind of make a statement and say, "Hey, this, you know, we're, we're here. To, we're here to play for sure. Uh, you know, but after we'll get in the flow and we'll we'll be competitive and we'll uh, and, and we'll we'll just keep going one after another and we'll pitch when guys need to. We'll, I mean, I think we've committed as a staff and as a bullpen and and as just a team, like saying we'll, we're ready. We're we're ready for kind of we're ready for what you guys throw at us. Uh, if we can be put in a situation to." To help us win, no matter the situation, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do what we can to, you know, to, to put up zeros every time we go out there. Not only as myself, but you know, as a staff in general. So we're, you know, we're up for a challenge. And and me personally, I'm I am excited to be throwing on opening day for sure. Way back when in 2019, and it seems like yeah. way back when. It seems like point, forever ago, yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't it? But when you were uh, hitting last season. Every game that you pitched, <laughs> you were normal. It was normally advantage Reds because you were normally a better hitter than the opposing pitcher, and were a good bunter as well. Um, are you going to be one of the few pitchers that's actually going to miss hitting? I, I will miss hitting for sure. For sure, I'll miss hitting. But I've been in the American League for a long time, so I, I get yeah. how that works as well. Um, I, I like hitting. I like the challenge. It was something new. It makes you feel like a baseball player to me personally. Um, not that pitching doesn't, but, you know, it's, it's fun to get the bat and kind of take some BP and swings and run the bases and do that thing. Um, no, so, I, I mean, personally, I, I will miss it for sure. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think having a DH can can add to our uh, – it, it can it can benefit us in a lot of ways this year. So, we'll, we'll try to use that to our benefit. And uh, I guess as us pitchers, we'll just take a seat on the on the bench and and try to go as deep in the games as possible. Uh, Sonny, th- th- with these inter squad scrimmages, what have you guys done collectively to try to ramp up the internal competition? Because it seems like they've been relatively laid back, but at the same time, yeah, that there's there's some bragging rights here. And once you get to the season, how do you ramp it up and make it feel like, hey, this is the regular season? It certainly counts. When it isn't going to feel like a baseball season you've ever played in, except for maybe a uh, showcase game, I don't know. I mean, well, we've well as a as a. I mean, we've done some things. We've had some little bets here and there, and there's been some individual bets going on, and there's been some things on the background. There's been some individual matchups that have been a lot of fun and that have meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, we've got a series this weekend going. I think it's. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we've got a three-game series, and we're gonna—it's gonna be like a little red and white thing. So we're gonna have our—we're gonna have a team versus a team. That'll be your team for three days, and you'll have a little weekend series out of that. And you'll uh, so, so that'll be and that'll be treated just like a game, just like regular season. You're, you gotta, this is what it is right here. So that'll be uh, 
that'll be a fun little series. And then we got the Tigers coming in after that. So uh, it's been a competitive little spring training camp that we've had for sure. Um, you know, but I mean, I think there's times where people start to want to face some other guys. You know, like we want to face some other guys. We, we understand this right now. We we got a. I wouldn't say we've got a, a really young team anymore. I mean, we've got some guys who have been around. They know how it. They know they know what it's like. And when the season comes, we've had some guys that have played the playoffs, played in some big games. So we'll. Um, I think we're well suited for 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 when the season comes to, to be able to handle it. Can there be benefits to facing teammates in these in you know more than one time through the rotation? In that these guys will give you feedback on what they were thinking on a certain pitch, uh, your pitch selection, your location. Uh, is there anything that you've been able to get from the, your teammates as hitters that have helped you? Uh, first, I mean, there's no doubt about it you can get feedback, but I think in the individual moment, like, you're just competing against that guy. And um, the conversation has been, has been interesting and, and very – it's very good to hear because it's something that you normally don't get to have. Uh, you get to have you get to have them very one-sided, right? You get to talk to the catcher and, and then your team about your stuff, but you don't really you don't really get to sit down after a game or the next day and be like, hey, what you what you what were tell me what you were thinking right there? Like how how that what what come about that? But they get the same. They they understand like, hey, this is how I'm going to pitch you. If I was facing you, this is exactly how I'm going to attack you. This is what I got on you. So I think both ways it can come out pretty productive if you use it. But I don't think while it's going on, like while the individual matchup, like while you're facing that guy, like you're, you you know what you're trying to do to get them out, and they know what they're trying to do to, to get on base or do damage or whatever their approach is going to be against you. You don't know that until after. And it might change in different situations. So it's just, it is cool to have that feedback for sure. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's good to have both ways, and, and we've, we've had a lot of dialogue about that. Well, Sonny, it has uh, been great to chat with you as always. Of course, you'll be on the mound next Friday when uh, yeah. you lace them up for real and the games start counting. Good luck this season, and thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. I miss seeing you all around here. So uh, hey. maybe one day, maybe one day. We're, we're here now. Look uh -huh. up in the press box. <laughs> that's that's all right, I'll right. We'll wave to you there. from <laughs> the crowd's getting jacked. Up crowd's above. getting jacked. All right, see you. There you go, getting fired up. Thanks so much. That is Sonny Gray, Reds opening day starter. Jim and I will be back to wrap up the show next. This is the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Wrapping things up here on the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Reds team shop at Great American Ballpark has reopened to the public with new protocols to keep shoppers safe. Store hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Please note that face coverings or masks are mandatory. With Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thraw. It's been a fun show and uh, our last Hot Stove League of the Year. Opening day, of course, next Friday. And uh, one last uh, classic game of the week this Friday, July the 17th. It is uh, Scooter Jeanette's four-home run game from June 6th of 2017. And that was, of course, a franchise record. And you can listen to that one uh, this Friday coming up across the Reds radio network. It'll get started at 7 o'clock. Jim, it's been fun. Ready to see real baseball. Can't wait. Get it going. I wish it was tonight. But we'll wait till next no Friday. Kidding. Or actually, we, Tuesday we can... for an exhibition game. 
That's right. I just ready to see another opponent out there. So that'll be refreshing as well when the Tigers come in. A couple of exhibition games before it all starts counting on Friday. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. For Jim Day, our producer, uh, our studio producer, the broadcast sheriff, Dave Keaton. And thanks to Sonny Gray, this is Tommy Straw saying so long. And we'll talk to you again next week when they count for real on the Reds Radio Network. <laughs>